Welcome to Get Big Out Loud Radio, where we explore living the complex, funny, and beautiful ride of life with me, Carrie Knutson, and Dr. Pat on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are your thoughts keeping you small? Are you ready to get big? I will offer you ideas to transform what you are thinking into conscious action. Explore what is keeping you small and how to shift your behaviors in order to get big. Learn what is possible for you. Get ready to get big and live life out loud starting now. Oh boy. Welcome everybody. I'm Dr. Pat. I get to do this fabulous show with my friend, my colleague, the leader in this field. And I want to just tell you a little bit about why I say Carrie Knudsen is the leader in this field. Because many of you know her, she does this show, Get Big Out Loud. What you don't know about her was how Carrie Knudsen was out there in a get big out loud way before the pandemic. And she and I, and actually she's going to be my inspiration because today what we're taking on is something very important, navigating the new normal. Now, here's what I want to say. This is the show's gonna surprise you because most of the time when people talk about the new normal, they start out by, oh, the new normal. No, no, I'm excited for the new normal. Why? Because we have kicked all of the old ways that were not serving us to the curb. Yes, it's been tough. Yes, we've had to figure out how to get out there. But look at what we've accomplished. As a matter of fact, it's so radically important that she'll talk about today. It's so radically important that the genies that got out of the bottle they cannot go back. So people that are in 12-step programs and organizing that, they are thinking for a minute, oh, we got to get back. And no, you're not going to get back in the old bottle. You're not going to re- you're not going to take away online meetings. You're not going to do that because the new normal is better than what you were doing. Now, that's not the case for everybody, but Carrie is joining me here today. Look, pro- professional speaker, school counselor. Oh, that's a job. That is a job. That that right there, she gets like a five-star badge right there because I know what I was like in school. Oh, storyteller, mother, closet rap artist. Benny, she hasn't done the rap thing yet. I know she's been teasing us this whole time. I don't get it. I don't get it either. It takes two but, seconds for me to throw a track down. I know. <laughs> but maybe, maybe we'll have to do it. Maybe by the end of the show. She's also an emotional intelligence expert. This is known as EQ. Human development, human performance, human fill in the blank is really what gets her excited. Whether she's up doing her one person show, which I hope to hear about, or she's raising her children, or she's out being who she is in the world and counseling and coaching and guiding people. It's all about Get Big Out Loud. Carrie, I'm telling you, this is a Get Big Out Loud show today. All right. Just saying. Yes, that was an amazing intro, Dr. Pat. Thank you so much. And uh, navigating the new normal is such a huge topic because like you said, a lot of times we're taking it down like what's wrong with navigating the new normal. And and while it's true that you know we have to get used to some level of anxiety and uncertainty that didn't exist before, I call it like the veil has been lifted um, on that. There's also so many opportunities. And so talking about like, how do we navigate this time? How do we seize those opportunities? How do we think about our mindset as we're managing change, because that's what really this is all about. The new normal is another, we were asked to change, now we're being asked to change again. And that idea of how do we navigate this time with consciousness, with thoughtfulness, so we don't let our autopilot emotions just 
carry us away. Yeah. And that's what I'm really excited to talk with you about today. And I'm excited to talk to you about it because just when you're kind of lulled to thinking that what pandemic, you know, you watch the headlines uh, and our, I got to say our hearts go out for Speaker Pelosi and what she must be going through, you know, how to have gone for, for three years, right? Didn't get the COVID. <laughs> that's the insidious nature of this mm-hmm. and the thing i want to talk about today like things are weird in terms of well first of all people are still getting COVID, so it's not over over and i think the other thing is there won't be one day when someone will say it is officially totally in this moment you know over we're it's, we're still figuring out what that looks like with with it still being present but then also to your point it's all a matter, I feel like, of self-selection. When do I wear a mask? When do I not? Am I comfortable in the store yet or not? Um, do I, am I ready to go to a concert or not? Do I want to, am I okay eating in a restaurant or, or no? Like all these personal questions that come up and now it's so visible. If you wear a mask in certain spaces, people know your comfort level or make, you know, there's a story about you versus not. And I find myself habitually do I have one in my purse do I have one in my pocket do I have one and and it is like what what makes you wear one or not <laughs> you know how do you decide that that's the weirdness part feeling I was, I call it feeling weird is a thing like yeah. it's okay to just feel weird it is you know I mean we're still making decisions let's talk about the new normal the new normal is that we start to make choices and decisions let's talk about that mm-hmm. and let's talk about the emotional side of it and then the cognitive side of it the common sense side and the fear-based side you know yesterday there was a major table tennis tournament over the weekend right in our backyard here in Washington in Bellevue and Judy's club put it on and you know they put it on uh Jerry put it on thinking okay we're just gonna have like our regular well hello people came from like everywhere to come to this place you know the level of play from Canada they came I'm telling you to come to this tournament and I remember thinking you know I'm not gonna enter it and I remember why I just made that decision. And then a bunch of my friends went to go watch yesterday and I made the decision not to. So this is part of the new normal because I would have never given it a second thought. Mm-hmm. Now I have to be mindful and thinking about it. So somebody said to me, oh, you're just afraid. I said, no, I'm just being smart for myself. It doesn't mean that there was something wrong at the tournament, but that, that club was, it was like more random contact I heard than you even can imagine. But people were excited to be back out. You see the paradox in this? Oh, yeah. That's why it's, so I want to talk about navigating it because the paradox is real and the weirdness lives there and your personal decisions live there. And also the pushback lives there. Why can you do this, but not this? What is your rationale? Is there some inherent judgment or not? Or can we let people say like, hey, this environment feels comfortable. This doesn't for whatever reasons, right? Like the idea of what your comfort level is, is different for people. And some people are weighing the fact that they have missed their social engagements, miss their tournaments, miss the chance to be with other people who love what they love. And they're willing to weigh that or they have just less risk factors, right? Or different comfort. But that's why it feels so strange right now, because you could probably line 10 people up and they'd have a different rationale 
for how, how they would choose to show up an event. And the thing is, I don't think that you can say anything is just that's the right way and that's the wrong way. It's right for you. It makes you feel safe or comfortable. And that's part of navigating these situations and how you feel. And that's that's hard because feelings mm-hmm. aren't easy sometimes to be like, why do you feel that way? I just do. And sometimes the more you ask why, it's it's harder to, and, and, unless you say, I just feel this is the feeling I'm having right now rather than justify it. Cause sometimes when you have to justify how you feel, then you negate the truth of that feeling. And people say, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Look at the facts or look at this or look at other people. And then you, then that part of you that has this feeling gets kind of squished down instead of just being like, this is just how I feel in this moment. And maybe I'll feel another way and another time, but in this situation, this is how I feel. So honoring your feelings right now, especially you're navigating different situations and scenarios. And I don't think it's all like you're either totally on board or you're totally not. I think most people have a mm-hmm. wide range of situations and circumstances that um, they have a different com- comfort level for. I know that I do personally, mm-hmm. like um, my husband got us tickets to a concert that had been canceled and then the, the came back around and we decided to go, but then we were wearing masks. I'm like, I'm wearing masks at a concert. <laughs> like, is that so weird? But I'm like, I'm not comfortable yet having lots of people singing and shouting and being close. I'm just not, you know, but yet will I go to a restaurant? Yes. And I'm like, but I'll eat at a table. Like, you know what I mean? When you're saying, why will I do that? And it's just, everybody's different and that's okay. We're navigating it. That's what I'm calling it. Navigating. You're figuring it out as you go. There's no path. I love it. You're right. I mean, I, I ask around like who wants to go with me to see the Dr. Strange in a, in a multiverse madness movie. Right. And a couple of my friends, I think, went to say more, see Morbius. But, you know, the Doctor Strange is the kind of movie that, yeah, I could watch it at home. But, boy, I love the movies. I grew up with the movies. Mm-hmm. I was a little kid. I used to walk five miles to go to the movies, right? And, you know, and haven't been to a movie theater since, like, I don't know, like, way back. And mm-hmm. I kind of miss it. And it never dawned on my mind that they are not going to wear masks, right? because I, I made a comment like it's going to be hard eating that popcorn with my mask on and they're mm-hmm. like oh dude do you like wearing a mask I'm like yeah and then you're going to eat popcorn yeah so you're really not wearing a mask right I said well it feels like maybe I'm wearing a mask but this is really the conversations we have with ourselves and it's okay isn't it yes and that's like I think a lot of us get trapped into what I call dualistic thinking right wrong good bad yes no all nothing and and when you do that you you really don't leave space for the complexities not only of life but your complexity as a human being and how there's just certain ways that we feel and again feelings tend to drive behavior more than our thought our our thoughts because that's when people say like you know when you regret something and you're like, if I would have thought about it, I would have done it differently. Or like our our emotions really drive a lot of our behaviors and becoming friends with your emotions rather than denying them or trying to control them. I feel is a better pathway along with holding space for thinking that isn't quite so dualistic or judgmental. And again, you need to create that space for compassion for yourself as you're figuring it out because you'll probably continue to change as this time changes and it calls us to change. Also new opportunities will present themselves where you'll be like, okay, am I, am I ready? Or do I feel comfortable or not? And and can I make that okay without being a judgment on someone else? (laughs) Because I feel this way, you should feel that way. Or a judgment on myself. Like I'm not 
whatever, I'm not worthy of this decision, like questioning yourself to, to the place where it paralyzes you. And that's, again, when we live in the dualistic world, sometimes when we cannot make a decision that people call it like analysis paralysis, or when you think too much, which, which is the right one. And sometimes being in the middle feels like, oh, this doesn't feel as decisive as a yes or no, but it feels more congruent with who I am. Yeah. That's you know, it's up. so funny because I, um, it's so weird, you know, now I love that we get to entertain things. So I had somebody say to me, uh, uh, you know, we know, we know how you feel about Billie Eilish, right? And your kids probably too, right? I don't know. But I said, yeah, I mean, honestly, this is a young person of this generation that could have fit in any generation and still be who she is and just love her music. And my friend says, dude, you must be depressed. I said, why do you say that? They said, Billie Eilish, really? I said, okay, Janice Droplin, really? Okay, so maybe <laughs> maybe I have that underpinning of like, I don't know, like the gloom and doom of like whatever it is. I mean, listen to Janice Joplin's Summertime. Hello. Sure, but yeah, that, right. But again, that's so personal to your taste and your time. And like it is. a judgment around that. Like I have to laugh thinking in my in my high school years, like Depeche Mode, Nine Inch Nails. That's as dark as I got, <laughs> you know. But like still when I hear Nine Inch Nails, I remember just sometimes music expresses how you feel. Sometimes that's all it is. And sometimes you like music for a certain reason and you don't for another but that's again very personal mm -hmm. it's good you brought up music because it's so personal and it's amazing what either inspires us makes us feel less alone uh, makes us happy to listen to or just as interesting right yeah. and that's a, a that's a, such a personal thing the yeah, same yeah. way as we process life really but, but let's, let me ask you this question because i'm really stunned i really looked at this we are like i can't i can taste it you know it's it's like you're staring at your just brand new pizza from Vinny's, right? Vinny's in Jersey, the best Jersey pizza, Vinny's, right? And you go get the pizza and you're like, oh, oh my God, it's in the car, right? And you start to salivate and you know you're getting closer the closer and you almost open that pizza box and pull a piece out, but you know, Linda's in the car and she will have none of that. No <laughs> cheating on the pizza. And you know, you can taste it because you know you're so close and the closer you get to the home or wherever you're going, the anticipation builds, it builds. And that's where we are right now with 10 years of work that we put in. But there are other people, and I want to ask you about this, the role of technology. Now, you are in the emotional intelligence field. You mm -hmm. are also a school counselor. You mm -hmm. have been knee deep in technology innovations. Tell me how you've navigated through all of that. Well, that Harry is Knudsen. Well, I will, Dr. <laughs> Pat. Well, I think that is really interesting when you think about how navigating something that um, it brings up for me the idea of personally. I was not tech savvy before the pandemic. This whole thing pushed me about 10 years ahead of my normal comfort level with, with technology, like to, for me to even know what different cables are and where to put them. And if you saw my setup here with my light ring and my camera and my microphone, I mean, the, the, the me of a few years ago would be like, who is that? Who is that lady? And also who is that person who, who didn't never did a zoom counseling or a zoom coaching or anything or presentation on zoom and has now so many under her belt that it's just second nature. What people want a presentation like virtual or in person or pre-recorded, right? Like it's just, it's amazing. The transformation that technology has given us. And 
I would say I'm one of the ones that went kicking and screaming along saying, I don't want to do it this way because it's not as effective. And this is again, a little bit of the dualistic thinking it's differently effective. It is not the same, but it doesn't make it necessarily bad. And I think with technology, we will see things that we won't go back to. And that a lot of people like zoom is a household name. Like before, Nobody knew what Zoom. Now look what we're doing on Zoom, right? Like it's a household name. Everyone has their Zoom account. Um, and so I think when we when we are analyzing our use of technology, I some of it I feel like has to be striking the balance between now that we know how to utilize it, how can we continue to use it to make authentic connections? How can we utilize it in the best way? How can we use it to give people more access to things where they don't have to drive and, and get to places or incur travel costs? How can we use it to level the playing field? Mm -hmm. And also to me, how can we, for me, just recognizing, okay, this has pushed me a lot yeah. in the last few years. It's really pushed a lot of things I do, but if, if I could just say, oh, wow, Carrie, if you did this, imagine what you could continue to do. Right. And for me, I hope the future is without all the pressure of immediately go online. For me, it's how can I be curious now about technology? How can I not be pushed so much as except that I'm on this path? And I, and I do think that with technology, even not just for Zoom, but how we download movies yeah. or how we have our entertainment, how people celebrate birthdays or talk to people that they love. Like FaceTime is a thing. Getting on a Zoom call is a thing. Celebrating with people is a thing. Book club. My book club met on Zoom and it saved me. I felt like so happy I could still be with my people. And um, so those kind of things, how can we innovate and not lose the human piece of it. Yeah. That's what I think about with technology. I love that you're bringing it up. I want to just say to everybody, if you want to find out more about Carrie, go to Knutson Speaks, K-N-U-T-S-O-N speaks.com. That way you can find out about her, you know, her coaching. She will do a coaching program for you to customize to whatever you need. It doesn't matter. It could be up-leveling your life. It could be dealing with loss. It could be the wide range of emotional intelligence that we're so afraid of even facing. It doesn't really matter. What she has dedicated her life to is the psychology to take it off the couch, bring it into your home and live by story. That's why every time we do a show, we talk story. I wanna talk story for a minute. Um, I am so thrilled with the technology end of it. By the way, Zoom saved our organization and our new network at least 10 grand in what we were going to develop minimally out of the gate mm. in about two years. That's what Zoom has done. And they continue to do that. There are many faces of Zoom. They will do things for you special. And Vimeo has done the same. There's just been a lot of platforms that have done the same. But to make it available, this is the difference. This is why I talk about Zoom. Zoom had a pretty good monopoly on the market. They remind me of enterprise when I came back from 9-11 and I was stuck in California and every rental car company beefed up the prices. They wouldn't let you go one way except enterprise. Enterprise gave us a car to get back to Seattle from California during 9-11. No gouging of prices. And we got a one-way car. Zoom could have done what's happening with gas prices, but they didn't. Mm -hmm. They didn't. Mm -hmm. They kept an affordable, even like a free Zoom thingy 
throughout this. Now let's talk about that. We in the new normal also expect a new level of integrity from our services, don't we? Do you think when you look at that and your, I don't know, your loyalty or you're feeling like, wow, this, this one platform really helped us get through these years that they stepped into a place in history and time that they might not have had otherwise and they made a good choice? Is that what you think? They made a good choice that they didn't have to make. Mm-hmm. They That's had... Kind of like- they monopolized, they had a monopoly on the market in doing what they did at the time. I'm not saying they do now, sure. but they did not have to offer a free anything. They didn't. They didn't have to then accommodate all of the teachers that wanted to use the platform. They went and built special platforms. And, you know, I think about that a lot. I don't know. I don't have any affiliation with Zoom. So let me just be out of the gate with everybody. Um, They're not a sponsor. They don't pay us for advertising. I just think it's important to honor those organizations that have helped us stay together and connected. Because you know this and I know this, how many schools were really down and out? If you were not already an online school, you're like, oh, my God, like what now? Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's what I mean. I think the technology piece... Every, like you said, there are multiple platforms that have stepped up, but, but the, everyone's been, especially in different fields has been forced, literally forced. Like mm-hmm. you will work in a new way starting yep. tomorrow. Yep. And I think for a lot of people, just, I hope that a lot of people look back and take some pride in what they've done, yeah, what I they do. managed to, especially do teachers, especially teachers in my, that's, you know, my world. So my perspective on how they showed up between kindergarten all the way through high school to engage with students, still have them teach and do it in a day, turn around and be like, okay, now we're virtual and I'm going to learn all this technology and I'm going to show up and be present. So you feel like you have a place in the world. And I think that speaks to some of the best things that came out of these two years are to our need to connect and then our ability to make it happen. And as we navigate this new normal, I think our ability to connect, we are still going to see that new ways are going to be start to be acceptable now for like how we do things that weren't before, like because of the technology, like we can just have a zoom meeting. Like, I don't know how many, if I would have just stayed with my, my seeing clients, in person. Yeah, I would have just had clients in Colorado. Now I have clients all over the country. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's take a minute. Telemedicine. Am I getting a call? Oh, my gosh, it was like sacrilegious, almost if you did not go to the office to visit your doctor or your dentist. Right, right. There are exceptions. But now it's like I had my doctor on a call and like we're having a conversation and then he could pull something and share it on the screen. And I'm like, wow, this is like super way better. And I see him and he sees me Mm -hmm. to tell whether I'm really feeling okay, (laughs) (laughs) or do I really what are those things under your eyes Are those bags. (laughs) But, but this is what I'm talking about when we say this is a new normal. Oh, but, yeah, but, things that wouldn't have been possible. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's funny, even in our family, my husband, who who should have been born in another time, he thinks he loses his phone, doesn't have it for a few days at a time, can't handle text messaging. He, over the pandemic, had a virtual appointment with a doctor that was amazing for him. And the fact that I think someone on this end of the technology scale had a telehealth and like enjoyed it, the process mm-hmm. and got what their needs met. Mm-hmm. I feel like, again, those things build trust. They help with communication that you get your mm-hmm. needs met, even in times of change. And then you start mm-hmm. to feel like, oh, we could do this. Right. And I think for a lot of people, telehealth improved 
meetings where you didn't like were like flying to places and going and all the who like things could just get done and really focused. And I think recognizing those things that were beneficial to you personally yeah. in this time of change will help you for the new normal. What do you want to keep? Yeah. What do you want to keep as you move on? Versus That's what, what I want to talk to you about when we come back, because what people are finding is there are things they want to keep that they're not be they're not able to keep. What's happening is somehow there is this desire to go back to the way it was, even if the change to the new normal is better than the way it was. I mean, I can't tell you how many women I speak with that are being, and I'm going to use this term, forced to go back in the office as if things at home with kids are just normal and they're not. You know, schools that have COVID outbreaks are closed. I mean, this is not the same. And they're scratching their heads and they're saying, look, I know I can stay home and work, but I know if I stay home and work, I'm not going to move ahead on the ladder. And it's, it is an older conversation that we've had on, you know, working from home and who does it. And, and this is men and women mm -hmm. that are going through this same thing. So there are some things that we'd love to keep. I want to talk to you about that when we come back. Definitely. I also want to talk about the fact people feel weird. Let's talk about the weird. These are weird. I felt weird the first time I went back to play ping pong with my mask. I mean, it was weird. And then when we didn't have to wear our mask, it was still weird, but it's not like weird anymore, right? <laughs> right. Um, it's like... They didn't even recognize you with your mask on. It was so funny. Well, how um, many people have you felt like, oh, that's what you look like? Oh, right. like, I mean, really, realistically, not saying this much, you think, how much am I missing? But there's been some people that I'm like, I didn't know what you look like this whole time. I literally had no. Oh, my gosh. I just had that experience with Jared Leto. I was like, what? You look <laughs> like that without your goatee and your, your face hair? Is that really you, Jared Leto? No, can't be you. <laughs> I know because you have a vision of people in their, you know, in your head, what's under the mask. And I've been shocked that people do have facial hair that I didn't think or facial features or just completes the person. But I feel like it's it's weird to think you've been with somebody been talking with someone or hanging out or whatever. And then you don't see their whole face. So then you feel like, oh, it's a new you. Like, I know you now. Yeah. But there's an emotional intelligence side to this that you're going to walk us through because navigating to the emotional side of this is what we're going to talk about again. Mm -hmm. And there are some businesses that have stepped up. There are some businesses that you may not even know about. When we come back, I'm going to talk about one in particular that's meeting a serious need for our aging population because things are not quite the same and they're not quite the same for loved ones either. What do I think is the industry and organization that is making adjustments so that families can stay together? There are so many. We're going to take a short break, and then Carrie's going to take us through feeling weird about this, feeling <laughs> weird about not wanting this, feeling <laughs> weird. And by the way, in a new normal, right? Feeling weird is okay. Oh, totally. It's just like... It's like, okay, Carrie, how do people find out about you? What is the best way for people to get a hold of you? 
they can go to www.knutsonspeaks.com and everything I have is there. I'm under any social media under Knutson Speaks and they can find out about presentations that I offer, coaching, my one woman show. I'm hoping for a reboot this summer or at the latest, the fall. And so that will be a new and exciting thing. And that's the best place to find me anywhere under Knutson Speaks. Yeah. Is Dr. Pat going to go to Coachella? Are you, is Dr. Pat going to come out to Denver for the live show? You and Linda get front row seats, VIP. I would love to. Let's take a short break. When we come back, you know, let us help you get ready for the new normal, even if you don't call it that. But this feeling of feeling weird, it's actually okay. Let's take a short break, Benny. We'll be right back. Your own innate brilliance already lives inside of you. Come discover it so you can shine brightly in this world. Join me, your host, Adrian Cobb, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern during Wild Magic on TransformationTalkRadio.com and get answers to who you are and where you belong. To learn more about me and the show, visit MyWildMagic.com. Again, that's MyWildMagic.com. Are you having difficulty feeling at home in your own home? Join Annette Rigolo and Dr. Pat in Enlightened Environments, Optimizing from the Outside In, as they present a deep dive into the various vibrations of the earth, along with man-made energies that impact our lives. Using the diamond dousing method, we will utilize specific vibrations to elevate our own homes to support us and expand us with their energy. Join us every third Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time to make your home home. Do you get stuck in that someday attitude? Living the same day over and over again with no action? The Becoming You show, big ideas that inspire, impact, and influence your life with Leah Rowling is for you. Tune in every Friday at 11 a.m. Central on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This show will have you feeling inspired to take action with purpose and intention. For more information and to get in touch with me, visit www.LeahRowling.com. What could you achieve if you knew someone was going to ask about your progress every week? Accountability matters. Small corrections and check-ins with your goals can lead to big results in your business without you feeling overwhelmed. Success Magnified owner Mary Gall provides entrepreneurs a system of goal setting and accountability to create clarity about where you are now, your future direction, and the most effective way to get there. Book your free call at successmagnified.com today. You are made for more. I'm Coach Lisa, and I'm here to help you achieve ultimate life satisfaction. Your life matters to the world. Reimagine your future with an individualized life by design approach with my free ebook, The Five C's of Coaching Commitment, Clarity, Coachable, Creative, and Change. Find the transformation you're looking for. Go to lisabeltz.com. That's L Y S A B E L T Z.com. Day-to-day living can be difficult in our world today. Most of us don't know how to live a peaceful, joy-filled existence. Learn how to break through these barriers and live a transformative life on Love and Light with me, Dr. Lisa, every day living in peace, every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. To work with Dr. Lisa, visit EducationThroughEngagement.com. Yeah, bringing it around. Get big out loud. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) 
I was a huge fan too. Still am. Say it again. Sorry. Oh, I was a huge fan of Depeche Mode and still am. So. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm so glad. Thank you for like, Yeah, yeah I got you back. <laughs> oh, yes. We have good taste, Benny. Great minds think alike. Aw. <laughs> so true, though. It is so true. Um, get big out loud. We're talking about the new normal. This is a topic, Carrie, that you're bringing to the forefront on your show today. And you've done some investigating into this, right? Yes. You have a list. I do. I thought I'd read my list of things that used to feel normal that don't feel the same. Do it. Things that were okay. So shaking hands. I thought that was the most interesting one because now we're doing this whole thing. Like some people do shake, do not do fist pump, do elbow, do bow. Like, what are we doing? Our, our comfort level with shaking hands. We never used to question a handshake. Yeah. So we're not, think- we're not handshaking and ping pong. Yeah, so there's the rules around the handshaking is a thing, right? Then giving hugs, like we like, we used to give hugs and who's comfortable, who's not, how close. And I was doing a conference recently with these people who are from the Netherlands, but they were in the United States, and they said, "Well, we used to do this three kissing thing, yes. and that went away." And they're talking, about, "Will the kissing come back?" And then someone Argent- from Argentina said, "We just do one, and will that come back?" So we talked about physical proximity, things that used to, you know, and then the the other thing I think is interesting, things that used to feel normal, like maybe you would just get a cold or get sick or have allergies. And now do you have COVID, you know, people used to just get sick. And and now it's like, are you sick with this or that? Like the idea of like, you could just be sick. It's a whole nother level. Um, Coughing or sneezing in public. You know, that feels weird. That'll but, clear out a room faster than you can oh, shake yeah. a stick. Oh, yeah. That's just the things you yeah. take for granted, right? Yeah. And that you used to just be like, okay, we're going to a restaurant or concert or sporting event. Like, you didn't question your level of comfort, right? And then visiting friends in your home, in their home, who goes into the home, who's allowed in the home. Like, we never used to question that. And then this is what I think is like sharing drinks. Like, hey, you want to try this? Whatever, like people share drinks. And my favorite is blowing out a candle for your birthday on a cake, blowing on a cake and then serving it to people. And say, like, here, I just blew on this. Do you want some? When was that practice ever a cleanliness <laughs> practice? Well, we ever. When was that it. ever? We didn't like, especially with it. kids. Right. We didn't question it though, right? And so then I think the idea too of like also singing with other people you never been like, I'm going to go sing at church or someplace else or going to a concert when you sing. No one ever's like, I better not. Oh, I can't sing that. Like, we never thought about singing as a potential deadly activity. And so I think oh, those it is, things yeah. are like really also commuting. <laughs> I think our whole idea about do I need to commute for this? And the idea that like you were talking about work environments are really going to grapple with this next because now that we have done it successfully for two years, a lot of people have stop commuting. Do do I need to spend an hour each way, dress up, pay for parking, pay for lunch, be interrupted all day long? Like, do I need to physically be in a space to do my job? That's what people are really asking those questions. And that when you think about how we work, like where we meet, what we wear, how formal it is, all those things are drastically shifting and things that we took for granted. Like I have to live in the same place where I work like do you some of us do <laughs> but some of us don't and and even for me presenting i have presented in so many different places um over the pandemic virtually like if i'm in this place like right now i'm at work so i set up my virtual thing here but if i'm at home recently i was at a vet visit 
emergency vet vet for a guinea pig. And I said, could you have a space? I have a virtual presentation coming up. And they're like, sure. They were so nice. So I presented in a, in a vet hospital, right? <laughs> like, so to, to me, things that were just impossible before became possible. And also I think for a lot of people, like how much you want to travel for work or how much you need to travel, even on yeah. your commute, people are starting to question like the stress of that. And then the outcomes yeah, and yeah. do we have just as effective work when we telecommute? And this has been a great experiment that has forced us to do that. So yeah. I think a lot of us wouldn't have questioned those things before. I live where I work. I commute to work. This is how I go to meetings. This is how I get my professional development. Like, And now all that's been turned around. Yeah. I, I will, there are a couple of things I want to comment on. Funny story is when you come in the front door of my house or you come back in the sliding back door, even from the garage, you'll see shoes lined up. We take our shoes off. Mm -hmm. You know, I got that grooming from I can't tell you where. Right. right. But I live in the Pacific Northwest. Rarely is there a day that you are not tracking in mud or water or whatever it is. So I had somebody coming over helping with some chores, right? I'm trying to support young people and earning some money, right? It comes over, comes in the door, looks at the shoes and looks at me and says, how is taking off my shoes going to prevent COVID? <laughs> and, I, I, and I was like, good question. Let me think about that. It had nothing, right? But you see our brains, Oh, right. Yeah. You know, your brain is, is I got to wear a mask, but I got to take off my shoes. And it's so fascinating. It's ingrained everywhere. I want to tell you something that, and I want you to weigh in on it. One of the things that you talk about, and I don't know if it's even on your list, but people have been reluctant to go back out in public. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about like Coachella or concerts. I mean, going out going to the grocery store, right? Not mm -hmm. even going to friends' house, not even going to families, but going to do the normal thing, going to the post office, right? Mm -hmm. Going to, you know, get gardening stuff. Very reluctant, still hesitating. And one of the things that has been brought to the forefront, which I think is one of the greatest new normals we have, if I can say, we live in the Pacific Northwest. The outbreak of COVID, Kirkland, Washington, in an assisted living home. Mm -hmm. And I am right down the hall from people that have been so helpful and supportive in looking out for aging people. They're called home instead. And they, um, and I've had to pass this information on because so many people have not been able to go see their families in assisted living. I mean, do you, does anybody even remember this or is it just me? No, like lot, how many people? Oh, yeah, but visited through windows or like were in right. parking lots and could not go in at all. Right. And that was a huge thing. And for people who don't have people in assisted living or don't experience, that was, you know, another thing that kind of the information that just got filtered. But for people experiencing that, that was part of the trauma that a lot of families felt of that inability to see their loved ones, inability to access yep. the centers, and also communication. Sometimes, trying to get on a zoom call with someone who doesn't understand that technology or it has dementia or whatever, it makes it worse. Right. And, and sometimes the idea of why can't I see you? Like there were a lot of hardships for people in assisted living facilities during the pandemic that were very, you know, publicized and prominent. 
Well, these people right here, I mentioned them the other day, and one of our callers wanted me to give out information. Mm -hmm. These folks have stepped up and have got it online. And if you want to find out more about them, go to homeinstead.com slash 822, and you can get a hold of Bruce uh, here, you Bruce, Bruce or Lynn. These are people to, to answer questions that provide an alternative. So the new normal instead of the alternative that just out of the gate was one, like maybe the only alternative was, okay, got to go over here. Got to move, got to move the family over here, mom and dad or grandma. We got to pack them up. We got to move them over there. This organization, at least where I live, has stepped up. And I never thought about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've watched my friends watch their parents die through a glass wall, a glass window. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been horrible to think about the separation. And this is kind of what you're talking about. So this organization organization that says, fine, we'll come into your home. In-home care. We'll In-home in care. And have a different model. But that's just one industry. And that's such a great example. That's one industry's response yeah. in a more... I think in a very public way to say, here's how we're going to start addressing things now. Are there more choices now? Are there more opportunities yeah. that didn't exist before? And yeah. when we say, can we make things work? Some people are saying, yeah, we can. We were kind of, I think a lot of us, I'm speaking for myself, were forced into thinking in new ways. But now that we've yeah. done it, we're like, oh, that worked. <laughs> we're like, okay, that could happen. Or that's a possibility. And even when you say things like going to the grocery store, we can go pick up our, we can order online yeah. and pick up our stuff and have it brought out. I have a friend that um, has not gone to the grocery store in three years. I right, mean, it's and some serious. People, some people feel like I don't ever want to go again. Some people, it saves me money. I order my stuff online. It shows, I save hours you know, hauling things. And some people like, I really miss just getting away for a little bit and chopping the aisles. So that's again, but I don't think that's going to go away now. I think there'll be such a demand for contactless delivery, even restaurants that didn't have to go yeah. options. You know, that's an option now that a lot of people are going to keep, right? And the whole contactless delivery or groceries or anything you can get on, um, without having contact, I do think there's going to be an element that will stay because mm -hmm. it's made people's lives easier. Do you think, I mean, so let me just ask you, Carrie, a general question, especially about the emotional intelligence side of this. I really do believe the genie is out of the bag. And if you're an industry or a business, especially like ours, you, it would really behoove you not to continue to excel in this area. But we are so emotionally drawn to the way it was, right? Isn't this one of the greatest challenges that organization have, have that organizations have in this dance between people that just so love the old way? Now, look, there are some industries like Boeing is right down the hall. My buddies at Boeing, I do not want them remote viewing how to put that seven, whatever, seven aircraft together. Like, dude, I want you there. I want you there inspecting that bolt, right? <laughs> no, I don't care how many cameras you show me about how that thing was put together. I need you going over there, touching and feeling that airplane I'm going to get right. on, right? <laughs> but a large part of the industries, I mentioned the 12-step programs. 
you know, as much as they would like to put that genie back in the bag, that cannot happen. They have saved more lives by people being able to do meetings from Amsterdam all over the world. Access, you know, this is a large organization. 12-step programs, we're in the multi-millions of people internationally that up until three years ago had to go in person to yeah. get clean and sober. Yeah. And it's amazing. Like Al-Anon's offering the same thing. People can join in. Like, <laughs> and you. it's again, amazing for access. And when we think about the impact you can have, I do feel the, the view has switched. Okay. How can I provide the most access? And when we think about how we provided access for people in a virtual world, I even think, cause I am in the deaf and hard of hearing community, like yes. how we've had interpreters on Zoom, how we have Zooms have captioning, mm -hmm. how you've been able to like make things accessible for people. And that's part of this next gen, I, th I think movement towards, we're not gonna go back to some things. And like you were talking about the push pull of that, sometimes we have a hard time just because I did it one way. Like, I think this is interesting with like institutions like police forces or doctors or things like that are kind of regimented. Like, well, we had to go through being on call. So you'll have to be on call. We had to go through this kind of orientation. So you will too, this tough love thing. And I feel like part of the great resignation or the, when that's what people are calling leaving or changing jobs is can we do it differently? Just because you had to go through that, should we should we continue that? Is that best practices for moving forward? Is that allowing people to have whole full lives? And one of the things I think people are changing is what's the balance between work and life? And should we be accessible all the time? Do we have some boundaries? Do people want more work-life satisfaction? Mm -hmm. Can we give it to them so that they'll engage in their careers in a way that's more that's that feels like healthier? Right. And so I think those, I feel like that's a lot of movement and discussion is going to be around that. And I don't think just because we did it before, you can say, well, this is how we've always done it is not going to fly. It just doesn't hold weight the way it used to. I have a friend who is a uh, Washington DC ad advocate lobbyist. And he, his argument was, thank you, COVID-19. And his new case now is for online voting. Mm. And in his case is, how is it every medical record about you, everything, every medical record, every police record, every televisit record, every prescription pretty much now is online, but you can't vote. So how is it those systems are sacrosanct and online voting is not. And I said to him the other day, you know, I would hate being you. <laughs> he looked at me and he said, what do you mean? I said, you have got such a great common sense case that nobody will listen to. Maybe, but maybe not, right? Well, when someone says that, again, the veil has been lifted. If we can do this, exactly. why can't we do this? And there are going exactly. to be people who are going to revolutionize a lot of things that we don't even know about yet because it started here and things will start to change exactly around our around our new set of normal he and, and you know he he, I, he knew I was teasing him right because I don't really believe that because holy cow all of our banking come on everything's online and what he said to me was you know what this will be an interesting year and he says let's see if we can adapt or let's see 
what happens when we do or don't. And I think that's what we're talking about here today. Mm -hmm. You know, people are saying, no, 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 no. It was okay when COVID that I could start work at 10 and work till 10 at night, but now I can't do that. So what's changed? Mm-hmm. And Tell it's us about, pull. yeah, push pull, let's go back, go forward. It's the space in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also companies and organizations. If you don't really take the time to reevaluate, how have we changed mm-hmm. since COVID? How have we been effective or not? Are we putting these policies in place just because that's what we used to do? Or, or are we really taking some time to think about our employees, work-life balance, what what we were successful with, it's hard to give something and then take it away. And most people, when they experience this and they've been successful, to take that away feels like an affront. And with, you know, people are saying there's a recruitment challenge and it's hard to retain people as well. It's an easier thing for, in my opinion, to evaluate some of those work systems and say, what can we give people? How effective have we been? Can we prove we have been ineffective? Can you show, because then there'd be a better case for like everyone back in, you know, but also how we organize that. I think it's going to take some time. You know, people call it the messy middle. I call it that weird space where instead of just marching forward, which is what we tend to do, like what's next, what's next, what next, what's next, that we stop. We turn back and say, look what happened over these last two years. Let's collect Mm -hmm. some data. Let's collect um, some information around what actually happened so that we can make decisions moving forward. I I feel like a lot of the decisions at the beginning of the pandemic were forced upon us. Now that we have some choice, wouldn't it be better to think about either at an organizational level, but for me at a personal level, what do I want to leave behind and what am I taking with me? And anything I'm taking with me in a thoughtful, conscious way, not in a forced, I have to way, I think is a better space to be in, but just going back because that's what we used to do or moving forward because we just push on, you miss the opportunity to say, what did I learn? What can I, what can I learn from this? What will, will, what should I, you know, what, what makes sense to go back to? What makes sense to move forward on, but stopping, I call it like, stop. I just want to get off the train for a hot second and do some evaluating that will help me move forward with consciousness, with thoughtfulness, with clarity, rather than just, I don't know, what's the opposite of that? confusion confusion right is the opposite of it you know look this i love this you know this topic today you are living and breathing it where you are you are in the school system you're a counselor you are dealing with this you're hearing all different sizes of what goes on you know and who doesn't hear from parents or grandparents and children and kids it doesn't matter what age you are everyone has had to adjust globally mind you not just like here in my little you know my little cube here but but globally everyone has had to adjust so i want to ask you this over the past two years right what are some of the questions we should ponder what's on carrie knutson's knutson speaks on my question ponder list (laughs) here's my ponder list okay (laughs) i think pondering like if feeling weird is a thing how can i embrace that that's on my list of like, is it okay to just not know moving forward? Can we can we create some space to live in between our dualistic mind? And, and I would call it the wise mind. The wise mind can hold two things at the same time and ponder that. So it's on my list to become more mindful around living in that middle space and being conscious. It's also in my mind that we understand that since the veil has been lifted over like what we thought was normal, what we 
activities or how we did things that we understand that there's some level of anxiety perhaps, or even the feeling of uh, I'm uncertain and I'm not used to that, but now I can't go back. I, I like this thing. Like you can't unring a bell. Like the bell has been rung. You cannot unring it. So then how do you live with that? feeling and it's really on my list is to think about I've got all these feelings that are coming up instead of ignoring them refuting them um, diminishing them justifying them that we just be with them yeah we just be so that we can flow and see what is this feeling telling me what do I need to know without the judgment or the crushingness of like no that's wrong right so that's on my list I also feel like if we, if we acknowledge like some things about us have changed. And if we say, maybe it's okay that I used to want to go out all the time. And right now I'm feeling like a Friday night at home feels more restorative or, or makes me calmer and that I don't maybe need what I thought I needed. Or if we're the person like, I can't wait to go out again, saying like, I've been waiting for two years to go out and that I it's okay to feel joy and excitement about that. So I think not judging ourselves or other people and noticing if you've changed that it necessarily isn't for the worst. It might just be, I call it the neutral change. Like usually when we say it changes, it changed for the better or for the worst. Maybe you just changed and maybe that's it. You used to like this. Now you like that. Okay. But it doesn't have to be, um, I feel like a judgment call on who you are. It could just yeah. be. And that, that part is like, let, let, me, let me just be in this moment. Yeah. Also, I would say this whole idea of, I think there's some new freedoms that we could explore if we weren't kind of trapped in like what was. And so mm. this idea of like, how can I explore what's next for me? Or even, I, want, I just tell a brief story about this that made me, it, I got me, I got so excited. And at first I was so devastated. So this group asked me to do my one woman show online. And I was like, I cannot put up my zoom and be like, Hey everybody ready for a story. I'm like, it needs an audience. It needs lights. It needs a stage. Like I wasn't feeling it, but I didn't say no. And then have it be no. I said, I don't think that way is the way you would have the best experience or I would have the best experience. Let's talk about what else is possible. What else is possible? What do you want? You want storytelling, you want engagement, right? So then through a conversation and through thinking past my original, no, that's not possible and just stopping it. The idea of like, okay, what is possible? Well, I have clips from my show. Could I play some clips? Oh, I have some storytelling workshop things I could integrate. Oh, could I do a storytelling workshop that integrates clips from my live show? And could we do that? So to me, those kind of things, what's possible? Don't forget to keep that little part of you that's open and rather than saying no, or that's it saying, Oh, I wonder yeah. if I could explore what's next, right? And keep a little bit of, of that alive and going in all of your conversations. Cause I think, and that was one of my most successful online events. I was flying afterwards. Wow. I got great reviews and I thought, I'm so glad I didn't say, no, I can't do that. I just had to say, I need to think about a different way to do that. Wow. You know, thank you for giving us so much to think about. And I love the questions again. Uh, thank you for today. How can people find out about you? How can they work with you? How can they hire you? All of the above. Yes, please go to KnutsonSpeaks.com. It's K-N-U-T-S-O-N Speaks. And you can, I have a contact me page. You can see what kind of presentations I offer. You can email me at KnutsonSpeaks at Gmail and just say, hey, Carrie, here's what I'm interested in. I love to engage with people 
in any kind of conversation. I answer all my own emails. So, um, and you can reach out through Facebook or Instagram as well. And um, I just, I want to let people know too, that all of my work is customized to the organizations that I serve. So nothing is just out of the box. It's meant to be for you for your organization. Same with my coaching. I don't be like, here's my coaching. And then that's one size fits all. I really um, live in that space of what does this organization need? What does this person need? How can my skill sets connect to really create opportunity? You have been listening to Get Big Out Loud Radio, where we explore the complex, funny, and beautiful ride of life with me, Carrie Knutson, joining Dr. Pat live every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I will help you to know which thoughts are keeping you small in order for you to get big. Get big and live your life out loud. For more information, visit KnutsonSpeaks.com.